Burkina for Your Thoughts was filmed, recorded, and produced on the lands of the Bidjigal people of the Uyghur Nation. I acknowledge that this podcast was made on what always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Hello everyone and welcome to a brand new season of Wakina Faith Thoughts. I am your host, The Hall Wakina. Thank you so much for joining me for our second episode of the new season and the new year. Today I will be talking about my descent into K-pop fandom. So 2020 was obviously a lot. Um last week's episode we definitely covered how interesting it was for me. Yeah, let's use that word. It was very interesting. Um, <laughs> but that's not what we're here to talk about. What we're here to talk about is K-pop. And more specifically, more specifically, how I became a filthy Korea boo. Um, this is going to probably be kind of tragic, but, you know, I'll be... Shamed for being a Korea boo for non-K-pop fans, and then I'll probably be shamed for being a basic bitch by actual K-pop fans. So, um, let's just fucking get right into it. Um, yeah. So, just <laughs> brief history before twenty twenty. Um, wasn't really into K-pop. So there were two songs I had. One, like. I had saved in my library, sorry. One was an Everglow song. Um, I think it was Adios. And I think it's literally because one of my favorite YouTubers, Cat Black, tweeted it. And I was like, oh my god. Ugh. And then I saved it. But I don't think I really listened to it that much. And then um, I listened to Boy With Love by BTS a lot because Halsey was on the track, right? And I watched a bunch of the live performances and I was bummed because Halsey wasn't in any of them. And I never really got into BTS. I know. Very, very controversial two minutes in. But please, we all know my taste is trash. Like, let's just accept this as a universal truth. And then we can move forward. So, um, yeah. And that's pretty much the only... Like, all I had... I think that was, like, my only interaction with K-pop in 2019, if I'm not mistaken. And before that, the last time I really had anything to do with K-pop, actually, was in 2012 when FX dropped their video clip for Electric Shop. I was obsessed. I saw Amber just, like, in her androgynous outfits, and I was just like, oh my god, I'm so into this. Definitely was just like a peak bisexual moment when I was a child. Um, obviously, do not stand anymore because she was like super anti-black, super racist. But now is not the time or the place. So that is a brief background of my history with K-pop before I fell down the rabbit hole. So I actually made made notes because. <laughs> It was a very chaotic descent, but as chaotic as it was, it was very traceable. So I'm able to outline how exactly 
I became the filthy curry of who that I am today. So, the introduction I got to K-pop, the kick I got into the rabbit hole, was actually sour candy. So, obviously, like all the gays on the planet, um, lost my shit when Chromatica dropped, but before the album actually came out, or before I listened to the full album, I listened to Sour Candy. I think, I'm not sure if it was even released as a single beforehand, but I heard it as soon as the album dropped, I think, because I don't think it was a single. You can roast me if I'm wrong. But I heard it because Spotify recommended it, and I was just obsessed. Like, I'd, like I've, I'd heard of Blackpink before, but I'd never listened to any of their stuff. And, oh my god, I just, like, lost my mind. I literally lost my mind. I, I would listen to these songs on a loop. Like, that's literally... Like, I would just listen to Sour Candy on a loop. Like, I remember specifically live-tweeting my reactions to Chromatica. Lost my mind, which is funny because I haven't listened to it really since. Uh, but Sour Candy, just like... Ugh! I frothed that shit so hard. I distinctly remember walking to the beach and back and having that song on repeat. It was so good. And then, you know, the YouTube algorithm worked its magic, baby. Like, I started listening to other Blackpink songs on YouTube. So, like, I, I didn't look them up on Spotify or anything, but because I was watching, you know, just, like, the lyric videos... Um, because I put it on my PlayStation while I go do other things, the algorithm would just, like, suggest more, um, Blackpink content. And, oh my god, I... Oh my god, D4 was the first, like, MV I saw, I think. And when I tell you, I was absolutely taken by Jisoo. Like, I couldn't take my eyes off her. I was just, like, so obsessed with her. And this is before I knew, like, any of them. I knew any of their names. And, like, the fucking thing with K-pop is because with each new comeback or each new era, they changed their look up a lot. So because of that, it took a while for me to, like, figure out who was who because it always just looked different. But, like, in hindsight, ev like, every single time Jisoo was on screen, I was just like, like, I always paid attention. So, like, I fell in love with Jisoo immediately. And then the more I listened to their stuff, the more I was really into it. Like, I wasn't really into Kill This Love. It still fucking slaps. Like, I wasn't really into it. But D4 fucking went off, and I just, like, listened to a lot of their stuff. So... I wouldn't necessarily know any of the songs, but I would play the This Is Blackpink playlist, right? And I just, like, listen to them. And then I eventually, like, fell into the YouTube rabbit hole of, you know, fan compilations, right? And I just, like, fell in love with Jisoo. Like, her personality, I was just like, oh my god, this woman is everything. I would die for her. I would die for her. And you know what? I still would. 
because I fucking love her. I love her. You know, she may be a Capricorn, and I may not, I may not be a huge fan of Capricorns. In fact, they're my second least favorite sign of all time. But still, I would die for Jisoo in a heartbeat, like, just like that. Oh, she is, oh my god, she's so funny, and she's so talented. Oh my god, and her voice is everything. Oh, oh my god. I could, I could talk about her for, like, literally the next hour, but I won't, because this is the very beginning, and we're almost at 10 minutes, and I need to <laughs> become a little bit better at, like, not getting distracted by Jisoo. Like, obviously I'm going to get distracted, that's, that's, like, the point of this podcast, but, like, Jisoo specifically, I don't know, there's something about her, she's literally my lock screen, like, not even... Ashamed. I love her so much. Anyway, so, um, yeah, I listened to all her music. A lot of that, that shit slapped, and I was just like, sold. Like, I was just like, so into them. So, Blackpink was like, for maybe a month or two, there was, they were the only K pop group I listened to because, like, as far as I was concerned, I wasn't really into K pop. I was just like, into Blackpink, and I wasn't really into Blackpink, I was just into Jisoo, so I will just, like, listen for Jisoo, and here I am, like, going on another Jisoo tangent, but, like, anyway, moving forward, I never intended to get into K-pop as a whole, right, but, you know, I have autoplay on with my YouTube, um, settings, and holy shit, after I watched, like, I don't know, probably their Coachella performance for, like, the hundredth time. Um, YouTube started playing Fancy by Twice. And, oh my god! Ugh. I... Like, I knew Twice... Like, I knew of Twice, right? Like, Twice stuff would always be on my suggested, but I wasn't really interested in getting into K-pop. Like, I found Blackpink. I liked Blackpink. More specifically, Jisoo. So I just, like, you know, I was like, yeah, whatever. Um, I'll probably go into, like, all the shit I listened to last year on, in a separate um, podcast episode. But, you know, I remember watching the fancy music video, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, I was just so overwhelmed. I was like, oh, my God. Like, it, like that song just fucking went off. It was such a banger. I was like, oh my god, I love this song so much. So fucking good. And then, I just fell in love with Dahin and Jonghyun as soon as I saw them. Like, oh my god. Like, I just, like, saw them, and then, like, I heard them, and then, like, oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Just, like, I, oh my god. I'm, like, overwhelmed, but you know, the first Blackpink, then twice, so, you know, all, like, all the K-pop stands are gonna be like, oh my god, you're so fucking basic, yes, I know, I prefaced this already, Ugh. anyway, so, um, I was on the phone with my brother, and then I was humming fancy, um, and then he was just like, oh, like, what song is that? And then I told him, and he was just like, oh, I really like, you know, I really like Nayeon. And I was like, oh, like, are you into Twice? And he was just like, not really, but like, I'd like this song, Likey, and that shit goes off. So 
that's one of the songs that I'm really into. So I started listening to that, and I was like, oh, shit, so good. And then, obviously, because I was, like, listening to Fancy, more and more would just, like, be recommended afterwards, and just, like, fell in love with Sana immediately. Like, those three were my initial twice biases. I was just like, oh, my God. Like, just overwhelmed. They were, like, they're all so talented. It is just very overwhelming. Like, Twice is just incredible. So, you know, Hayden recommended Twice. Um, and I was like, okay. Sorry, my brother Hayden. I was just like, okay, well, like, you know, let's do this. So I listened to a bunch of their stuff. I will admit I haven't listened to, like, their entire catalog. I've literally listened to um, their most recent stuff back to probably feel special. So, like, I've only listened to, like, that, like, those songs, at, with the exception of Likey. Everything else is, like, feel special onwards. Um, so, yeah, feel special. Fucking love that song. And then one of their B-side tracks to that EP, Love Foolish, is my favorite Twice song of all time. I love that shit so much. Oh, anyway. So... Follow to Rabbit Hole twice. Honestly, have not explored the majority of the catalog because, like I said, all I know, with the exception of Likey, is like feel special onwards. Um. So yeah, it is just, and there are nine members. So I would like, what? I can't like I can tell you, it's only in the last month that I've been able to like, like pick them all out, like, I know them all now, you know, like, the last person I, like, I struggled, like, to register in my head was Mina, which is wild, because now I'm just kind of obsessed with her now, like, she's incredible, um, but yeah, like, I loved all that stuff, and then when I Can't Stop Me dropped, oh my god, incredible. Like, I love that shit so much. Like, everything about the I Can't Stop Me, like, release was perfection. Like, the photos were incredible. The music video was so, so good. The choreography fucking slaps. I have been trying to learn that choreography. It is so fucking good. Like, their outfits were good. All of the different, like, looks for the era, so good. Um, obviously devastated that Jonghyun wasn't promoting. Obviously, you know, as a chronically mentally ill, bad bitch as well. I'm just like, oh my god, Queen, take your time. But at the same time, I'm just like, I'm just like, damn. Like, she really went off. Like, they really gave her, like, a lot of opportunities to shine, especially in the music video. Oh my god, I'm just like so overwhelmed by her. Anyway... I Can't Stop Me, incredible. Just, like, love all this stuff. And then I've just, like, fallen in love with all the girls, you know? Like, they're just so incredible. So, oh, my God. Also, highly recommend watching uh, Dahyun, Nina, Momo, and Cheyong's cover of Move. Oh, my fucking God. It is the most excellent piece of work I have seen in my entire life, and you can fight me on it. 
And all the Momo haters that are just like, oh my god, Momo can't sing, shut up, she can. Watch that video. Like, she's... Her voice is so much better suited to, like, you know, like, darker songs, like, like lower songs. But she's just, like, forced to sing in a really, like, cutie way, which really applies to a lot of the girls in Twice. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. This isn't a, a Twice cast. This is a podcast about K-pop. So, it's been established. I'm in love with all the girls. Moving on. So, this isn't necessarily a linear timeline. I'm just, like, talking about, like, group by group by group. So, I'm going to be going back. But this is the order I was, like, introduced to each of these groups. So, the next group I was introduced to was G-Idol. And it's because Spotify suggested the English version of Oh My God. Um, Because it it was just, like, playing on a random, like, radio playlist. And I was just, like, immediately taken... And it was just so good. And then when I got home, I obviously played the music video, and I was just, like, shook. Really enjoyed their stuff immediately. Like, just, like, oh, my God. I, like, Mion is just so beautiful. I just couldn't stop looking at her. And the same with, like, Yuki and Shuaha. Like, oh, my God. Like, they're all, oh, my God. And then, like, Sujin, when she performs, such an incredible performance. Oh, my God. Anyway. Getting ahead of myself. I, you know, Spotify recommended them. And then I just started listening to this stuff. And I was, like, a huge fan of that song specifically. Like, I don't listen to all this stuff. And then I listened to Senorita. And I was just, oh, my God, yes. And then, obviously, Salty, that, like, like, Shuhua didn't get lines out of them. Like, what the fuck is that, anyway? Um, but yeah, I think, like, I was only into them for a little bit because I just got tired of the fact that it just seemed to be, like, Soyeon and just her backup dancers and singers. And I don't feel like that's a vibe I'm into. Like, that's not something I'm into. Like, if I'm, like, if I'm wanting to consume Agni by a group, like, I want to see that it's made by a group, not, like, built around one person, you know, which could arguably be, like, said about, like, Twice and Nyan, but, like, it's not as severely skewed to her in Twice as it is to Soyeon and G-Idol, you know? So, like, I like maybe two or three of their songs, and then, you know, swiftly moved on, like, wasn't really a fan. Um... And then, oh my fucking god. And then Spotify suggested Go Go Baby. And I lost my fucking mind. So good. Like, I listened to the song. And, like, it was in, like, a, like, suggested playlist by Spotify. So, like, I didn't know what, what the song was called. Because, I, like, I listened to it on my Bluetooth headphones. So... Every time this, like, I'd listen to the playlist, and as soon as the song would play, I just, like, click rewind at the end of it. So, I'd be listening to it on a loop, but I wouldn't necessarily know what song it was. Um, so, after I finally, like, took the time to realize what song it was, I'm like, okay, well, I need to watch the video clip. And then I was just, like, shook. Like, oh my god. It was incredible. And then, like... It played on the Oh My God English version radio playlist. 
So, like, this is obviously the order, like, that I'm discovering these groups, right? And I've just been a fan ever since. And they're, they're the only K-pop group I'm really into, you know? Like, Blackpink, like, I was really into their, like, super catchy stuff. But then I kind of got bummed that Jisoo wasn't as heavily featured as I wanted her to be, so... I would only listen to the stuff that she was in a lot. Um, and then, like, not really when she was kind of forced to be Rosé's understudy, you know? So, um, like, I think, like, the, the entire experience for me has just been, oh, I prefer groups to, you know, have a more equal dynamic between all the members. Like, I don't want to feel like any member of the group is expendable in any way. And, like, Mamamoo just, like, oh, my God. Like, they're, in my opinion, just, like, the best K-pop group ever. And, obviously, I only know, like, four. But still, they're incredible. Like, when I watch the music video for Gogo Baby, like, Moonbill just, like, oh, my God, her butch vibes just, like, like, took my breath away, and I was like, oh my god, and then, they're the only group, like, I don't even have a bias, because I love them all so much, like, they're such a powerhouse group, because individually, they are all incredible artists, they're all incredible singers, they're all, like, incredible rappers, they're all incredible dancers, obviously, they didn't start off that way, right, in the beginning, but now, oh my god, like, inc- like, they're incredible solo performers. So when you take, like, four incredible solo performers and put them together, it's like a powerhouse group. It is insane. Like, they're so incredibly talented. They're my favorite group of all time. I would die for them in a heartbeat. They're so talented. I'm just, like, so overwhelmed. And they're so beautiful. Oh, my God. I'm just... Oh, my God. Oh my god, I'm just so obsessed. I'm just so obsessed. Oh my god. Just, like, stream Mamamoo. Like, do it. Do it. They're just so incredibly talented. Like, oh my god. Oh my god. They're just so good. And I also like that they write their own shit. And they choreograph their own performances. And they sing live? Holy shit. I have so much respect for them. And... Yeah, they're an incredible group. I don't know what else to say. They're so talented. They're... Like, unlike the other groups that I'm... You know, I've talked about. I've actually gone back and listened to their entire discography. You know. Oh, so good. And then when they were on, was it Dingo Radio? And there's a 15-minute video on YouTube where they just sing, like, their greatest hits. Like, they sing them live. Oh, my God. It is excellence. It is pure excellence. I have watched that video, like, at least 20 times. And I feel like that's on the low end of the spectrum. It's so incredibly good. It's so good. They're all so talented. Oh my god. Wow, am I a moo? No, I am not. 
I am. I love them all so much. See, okay. So, alright, just to pocket here, this is pretty much the timeline of the way I got introduced to K-pop, you know. It started less than a year ago, and then it is a very steady transition from one group to another, to another, and then to another, you know. So that's pretty much how it's going. But, you know, it's also worth noting that, like, I don't really identify as, like, a Moomoo or a Blink or whatever for, like, very specific reasons. So, first of all, I'm not a huge fan of the K-pop industry as a whole, right? Like, I'm not an expert on it. Definitely not someone who's well-informed or educated on this topic. But from what I gather, it's just super unethical to me personally. I just... It just doesn't look very ethical, and the industry itself just seems to just seems to be really fucking yikes, essentially. And you know, that's one of the reasons why I'm super hesitant to get into K-pop as a whole. You know, like I, you know, if you listen to the past. Um, sorry, to the previous episode, like, I've had a really tough time in 2020. So I talk about dissociating a lot. And one of the things that I, you know, kind of rely on in, like, dissociative episodes was, like, K-pop. Because it was the same song with the same choreography and sometimes with even the same camera angles, but with different outfits and in different, like, sets and stuff. And that was enough, like, stimulation for my brain to not overwhelm it, you know? Like, things were consistent enough for, like, the minute changes to be digestible to my brain. So, like, K-pop... You know, as an industry, they pump out so much content. And, you know, I was personally grateful for all the content because it helped me process a lot of the really tough shit I was dealing with. But at the same time, I understand that a lot of this content is just, like, made out of price, you know? Like, there's... I've watched so many video essays and wrote a lot of articles just about how unethical the entire K-pop industry is, right? So because of that, I struggle to, you know, strongly identify with, like, any one group or any one idol. And I know I've said, you know, i die for Jisoo and i die for Mamamoo. And, you know, look, I probably will. But, like, I understand, like, I'm cognizant of the fact that my perceptions of these people are probably disingenuous. You know, they're probably very intentionally manufactured to win people like me over. So, because of that awareness, like, I try and, like, I'm very consciously and deliberately not buying into a lot of the fanfare, you know? Like, 
I enjoy this stuff, I watch this stuff, I stream this stuff, but I'm not gonna buy their merch, I'm not gonna buy tickets to their concerts and stuff, because, like, I don't know personally that the money I'm giving to a group that I care about is actually going to the people I care about, you know? Like, apparently all the money Blackpink made on their, like, tour just, like, went to YG and he fucking gambled it all away, apparently, allegedly. I don't know any of this, but, you know, stuff like that's really concerning to me as someone that tries to be intentional and ethical with the money he spends, you know? Like, I love them so much, and it's great to see them doing something that they're passionate about, but, you know, with my specific values and morals, it's really hard for me to immerse myself in K-pop, you know? I mean, not, like, I do immerse myself in it, but to lose myself in K-pop, you know, because I'm aware that, you know, there's sometimes nefarious things at play that I'm not aware of, and, you know, there are human rights abuses that are taking place, and because of that, I try to keep a very, you know healthy distance between me and K-pop as a genre. And don't get me wrong, I'm completely aware that all other genres and all other industries and all other, you know, countries can be just as, if not more, unethical. It's just that I'm personally really unnerved by how um, deliberate a lot of these idols and the public personas are. You know, like, I know that, like, what you see isn't what you get, necessarily, you know? And it's also just really, I don't know, I just find it really insane that they go through all this training and they're like, you know, it just seems like super, like, abuse adjacent to, like, isolate them from their families and force each other to be each other's family. So, like, members of the group end up just, like, loving each other. They're like, oh, my God, we're each other's families. But it's like, oh, no, that was deliberate because you weren't with your family. You were separated from your family. Anyway, it's, like, an entire thing. But, you know, like I said, like, the Western music industry is also super fucked up. Like, I'm not, you know... I'm not saying that K-pop is alone in the sus behavior that I'm wary of. But, you know, I also try my best to, you know, like, listen to artists that don't, you know, necessarily succeed when there are industry gatekeepers in the way. You know, like, local artists, you know... Um, artists that try to promote their shit by themselves on social media, like, stuff like that. Um, and also, like, as a person, I don't buy into celebrity culture at all, right? Like, I don't, you know, when I love art, when I love consuming art or content, I just love that content. I don't put their creators on a pedestal, or I don't, like, project whatever, you know? Like, you know, 
like, I'm perfectly aware of the fact that even though I talk about how I'm in love with Jisoo and, like, how, like, I love her personality, like, at the end of the day, like, I can't even be sure if that is who she is, you know? So, like, because of that, um, like, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I feel like I wanted to stop talking about stan culture, but I went on this massive tangent. But I'm just gonna, like, try to redirect it back to stan culture because I think it's a really interesting thing to talk about. Because, like, this started with me being like, oh, am I a mumu? And, like, I'm not, right? Because, like, I don't want to identify myself with a group that I, you know, that I don't know, right? Like, like, I mentioned previously that now I'm happy to identify as an anarchist because, like, I have access to anarchism, you know? Like, I have access to, like, all the text and all the theory and, like, all of that stuff. But, you know, I can't call myself a mumu because I don't have access to mamumu. Nor should I have access to them, by the way, because they're people. You know, they deserve agency and privacy. So because of that, like, I don't understand the inclination to identify as part of a group centered around people as opposed to being centered around values. So, I've also been, like, super disturbed by stan culture in general and the way, like, stans operate online. Like, I remember once just, like, randomly tweeting about Lisa, and then a K-pop stan account just replied to that tweet with a Lisa fan cam. And the tweet was about her not, like, me seeing her without bangs, and the fan cam was of her without bangs. And I was just like, holy shit, I cannot imagine, like, being that invested in someone that I don't even know, you know? And I feel like, you know, a part of this is just because of how, like, radicalized I've gotten, but I've also just grown up, you know? Like, I've learned how to become, like, a fan of something, how to appreciate something, how to respect, you know a creator's talent and skill while also understanding that they're only human, you know. And as someone that has views that are increasingly more radical, the more he educates himself. Like, I just... Like, I can't expect people I enjoy to be people that I would like, you know? Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but, you know, I have very specific values and beliefs, you know? I'm very anti-racist, I'm very feminist, but, like, I'm also an anarchist, and I'm also, you know, very class-conscious, like, all of these things, right? And... I feel like a year ago, I would be doing shit like, oh, I don't listen to this artist anymore because they said that, or I don't support this artist because of whatever, blah, blah, blah. And, like, now I realize that if I do that, I wouldn't be able to enjoy anything because I have politics and values that are so radical. I can't expect a random pop star to be, like, 
oh yeah, I'm super class conscious, fuck, like, fuck the bourgeoisie, but not the guillotines. Because, like, you know, one, if they had that attitude, then they probably wouldn't be where they are today, right? You know, like, super successful people, you know, can oftentimes be capitalists as well. So, like, because of this realization I've had, I've been able to, like, I hate to use this phrasing, but, like, not necessarily separate the art from the artist, but, like, like, separate my enjoyment of someone's content from my opinions of their views, if that makes sense. Like, if someone is racist, obviously I don't fuck with their shit. If someone is misogynistic, or, like, if they're an abuser, like, fucking Chris Brown, no thank you. Like, you can fuck right off. Like, R. Kelly, no thank you. These bitches be muted on my Spotify. Like, people that are, like, fucked up and have caused harm, like, I, like, obviously, I don't fuck with them. But, you know, like, I don't like Taylor Swift, personally. I think she's very white feministy. I think she's very Republican. But, like, you know, I feel that way about a lot of artists, specifically white artists, white middle-class artists. Like, I know that at the end of the day, they don't want to challenge systems that oppress black people and indigenous people and working-class people because they benefit from them. But, you know... I'm still going to enjoy the art they make if it's something that I do enjoy. I don't know. I'm not sure if there's a point to this, but, like, all I'm saying is, like, because of, like, this growth I've experienced when it comes to K-pop, because of the fact that, like, K-pop artists are so much more meticulously put together than Western artists, there is no way that I can know if they're abusers or not, if they're racists or not, if they're fascists or not, you know. So because of this, I'm, you know, I have very healthy boundaries in my mind when it comes to consuming art. Like, I, like, just because I fuck with this person's art doesn't mean I fuck with them, you know. Like, it's a very clear distinction. Um, so, yeah. It's just, I don't know, I feel like this went on such a huge fucking tangent, which is wild because I've made notes for this episode, but here we are, oh my god, ADHD gang rise up, <laughs> but yeah, it's just something that I've learned, and you know, maybe it'll resonate with you even, because I think it's really complicated my relationship with k-pop because i enjoy it and i enjoy all the content but i'm also like wary that you know i don't know how ethical the creation of this content was you know like i don't know how ethical the people creating these content are or the people starring in this content or singing this content you know are and you know, like, that's okay. 
But because of that, I'm not going to engage in behavior that puts them on a pedestal or affords them more respect than they deserve, you know? Like, I... Like, I respect these people as artists. I respect them as very skilled and talented people that have worked incredibly hard on their craft, you know? But, like, I'm not going to put them on a pedestal. Like, I talk shit about dying for them, but, like, would I? You know? It's just... I don't know. I think it's a conversation worth having personally. Because I feel like stan culture has been something that people so easily like to bag on. Deservedly so, because stans really be out here being fucking crazy. But I feel like it's... I don't know. I'm personally not really uh, like comfortable with a lot of... What's the word? concessions, if that makes sense, concessions that are made with, like, stands, right? They're just like, oh, sure, they, like, cyberbully people and, like, encourage them to commit suicide, but, you know, it's because they're lonely or it's because they're in the closet or blah, 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 and, you know, it's very valid for people to feel isolated and lonely and trapped and overwhelmed, but... It doesn't excuse shitty behavior. It doesn't excuse harmful or abusive behavior. And I think the discourse around stand culture needs to change to be like, oh, why, you know, like, these are just people that are following a mob, like, a mob mentality, and try to think a bit deeper, you know, Sure, it's because they want to feel a sense of community, but why do they want to feel a sense of community, you know? Like, they're lonely, and they're lonely because of XYZ. And then you boil it all down, like, XYZ has systemic problems, you know? And regardless of how much you throw yourself at a celebrity or at an artist or at whatever you know, they're not going to solve those problems, you know. And that's not to say you can use them as a coping mechanism or you can use them as an escape or anything like that. But why are my thoughts not coherent? I feel like this is just a really nonsensical train of thought. but yeah, I feel like stand. I think what I'm trying to say is that stand culture is super toxic, you know, regardless of what they do, because I just don't think people should be put on pedestals like that. And I think a lot of stand culture is rooted in the fact that people feel isolated and lonely, and they don't feel like they're part of a community. And sometimes the only way they can feel like they're part of a community is by engaging in behavior that's awful and abusive. And I feel like it's important that we start having conversations about how we can create better spaces that don't 
you know, make people feel like they have no choice but to enter abusive communities, you know? Oh my god. I do not know if this has made any sense. <laughs> this was literally supposed to be about my descent into K-pop fandom, but here I am talking shit about stan culture. But, yeah, I don't know. I think anyone listening needs to understand that I'm an idiot with a microphone and a camera sitting in his living room with his fairy lights on. Like, I'm not an expert about any of these things. I don't even have the lived experience of being a stan. I don't have the lived experience of being in these communities or even interacting with these communities because I've made very deliberate choices not to engage with them, you know? And I think a lot of what I'm saying is just coming from someone who's witnessed a lot of shit happen online and is just trying to make sense of it, trying to understand why it is that people behave that they do or that they react in the ways that they react. So, yeah, I think, yeah, that's pretty much the conclusion I've come to. Um, I think this is a little bit heavy to end an episode on K-pop on. So, what I'm going to do is roast slash expose myself by going through my K-pop playlist. Um, I will start off with my Mamamoo Bangers because um, I make playlists for my favorite songs from each artist that I'm listening to at the moment. And I'm just going to give you highlights, right? Egotistic is my favorite Malamu song of all time. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. I'm pretty sure if you search Long All on Spotify, you can find these playlists. But yeah. Um, so, yeah. Top five songs I think I'm going to do. Egotistic. Iconic. Favorite song of all time. Favorite K-pop song of all time. That shit goes off. That shit is so good. The MV just gives me so much serotonin. Highly recommend. Next, I would say Hip. Oh my god. Hip is such a bad bitch anthem. It's, I can't, I can't, I can't. And then their cover of AOA's Good Luck from Kingdom. You can't not. You can't not. That shit is excellence. That entire performance is so good. Next, my first love from this group, Go Go Baby. So good. So good. And then finally, it'll probably be Sleep in the Car. It's, I don't know, it's such a bop. It's such a vibe. I highly recommend it. Um, But yeah. That's the five best songs. Those are the five best songs for my mom and the playlist. Next, I'm going to go down to my twice bangers. 
um, I can't stop me, EDC, number one, so fucking good, and then obviously Fancy, oh my god, so iconic, and then Feel Special, because obviously, and then, I would say I can't stop me English version, but I feel like that's cheating, so I'm going to say Queen, um, from the new album, I um, Eyes Wide Open, so good. And my number one song from Twice is Love Foolish. This shit goes so fucking hot. Cannot recommend it enough. Then, let's scroll down a bit further. Like I said, I don't really have a G-Idol playlist because not necessarily into their shit, you know? Like, I like Senorita and probably Han, but that's it. And maybe Oh My God. But that's it, like just those three songs. So, Blackpink Bangers. Oh, I haven't added anything from the album on. But okay, Sour Candy, obviously. So good. Kiss and Makeup, so good. Damn. Should I? No, I shouldn't. Okay, I will. Their cover of So Hot. Oh my god, like, that shit goes so hot. Their cover of So Hot is so good. And then, I'm gonna say Pretty Savage. Like, that's easily the best song on the album. And then a classic... Ah, which one? Okay, I'm gonna choose D4, but I... I almost chose Bumbaya, chose Bumbaya, but I'm going to go with D4. Because that shit, so good. Hit you with that? Okay, it's fine. You don't need to hear me say So, those are my top picks from my top K-pop groups. And if you're wondering, hmm, that's funny, Longhals only talked about female K-pop groups. I wonder why. Wonder no more. I'm not into male groups. I'm just not. I'm not into, like, one, the entire industry is super conservative. So, because of that, like, there's, there's really not much male groups can do that interests me because they're so confined to, like, conservative perceptions of toxic masculinity and that's just exhausting like yeah they wear makeup but you know girl groups do entire performances in like um in suits and in masculine clothing and stuff like that like they're able to, like, play women in their music videos, even. Let me think about Mamamoo. That music video was kind of fucked up, but, like, we're not going to talk about it, you know? Whereas, like, men, they can't do that. And, you know, women, they can't get away with their, like, mad gay shit, you know? Is that patriarchy and toxic masculinity? Absolutely. But, like, male groups can't do that. They can't, you know make homoerotic content. That's just, like, not something they do. And also, like, not... This is gonna be problematic, but, like, they're all twins. Like, I'm not into that. You know? I'm just, like, not. 
They all look so much younger than me, and that's unnerving. You know? Is that something that couldn't be dissected? Probably. Is that something I will dissect? Probably not, because I don't like to give thought to male groups, or men in general, actually. Yeah, men, they need to pay rent to live in my head. No, sir. No, no. No, no. No, no. Anyway, <laughs> um, thank you so much for tuning in. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Akina for Your Thoughts. I've been your host, the whole Akina. I would love to hear what K-pop music you listen to. So hit me up on social media. I'm at Lumal Rakina on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. So that's at L-U-N-G-O-L-W-E-K-I-N-A. And if you want to check out a lot of my work, I have a website. That's Lumal.com, L-U-N-G-O-L.com. Also, if you want to listen to any of the playlists I just read from, um, just search for my name, Lumal, on Spotify, and I'm pro- I'm pretty sure it'll come up, like, right? I don't know, if it doesn't come up, let me know, and then I'll put, um, like, I'll link my playlist in my name tree. But anyway, thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed it. Let me know if you have any thoughts. Give this podcast a review. Five stars would be lovely. Follow me on all social medias. If you want to watch this, I'm available on YouTube. But yeah, thanks so much for tuning in and have the loveliest of days. Wakina for Your Thoughts is a podcast by Lungo Production. This episode was produced, edited, filmed, and hosted by me, Lungo Wakina, and was scored by Richard Wakina. Special thanks to Richard Wakina for our incredible theme music. This podcast was filmed, recorded, and produced on the lands of the Bidjigal people of the Eora Nation. Podcast by Lumal acknowledges that Wakina for Your Thoughts was made on what always was and always will be Aboriginal land.